Hey everyone, Nick here. Before we get the show rolling, I wanted to remind you that we've got Change My Mind merch over on Teespring. I've got a hoodie with our kick-ass logo myself, and if you want to get one, all you got to do is search Change My Mind on Teespring or type in Teespring Store on Google. I swear these other podcasts are just a waste of time. I'm skipping through them. I'd rather listen and change my mind. Wes and Nick always help me through my daily grind. Your favorite guys, your favorite lines. Change my mind. I swear these other podcasts are just a waste of time. I'm skipping through them. I'd rather listen and change my mind. Wes and Nick always help me through my daily grind. Your favorite guys, your favorite lines. Change my mind. Yeah. Nick, do you know your state's favorite fast food choice during these COVID lockdowns? If I had to take, I don't know it. If I had to take a guess, I mean, I'm going to go safely with McDonald's, I would say. Do you know? Uh, yes. Yes, I do know this. So uh, we we both reside in Massachusetts. So you think McDonald's. Uh, McDonald's is a popular choice. This, this is coming out from uh, the Daily Meal, at the Daily Meal on Twitter. Uh, they did one of those cool... Uh, graphics of the United States highlighting every state's favorite fast food choice. McDonald's was a popular choice in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, seven states. No, eight states, excuse me. But in the Bay State, Taco Bell, surprisingly, oh. uh, won, won the better part of New England, taking down New Hampshire, Vermont, and Maine. Really? As well as some, uh, you know, uh, northern states and Minnesota, Wisconsin, Iowa, Ohio. You got even Portland up there. But the the big winner is Sonic. They won like twelve states, the majority of the Midwest and the South. Huh. I have definitely contributed to Massachusetts Sonic intake because there's one that's not far from my house, and I love Do you their like blasts. Sonic. I like their blasts. Those are good. What, are those like the the frenzies or like yeah? Uh, the, 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 it's the same Oscar. thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. They have. I get M and M's in it sometimes, Snickers or, or Reese's. But um, I have contributed to the Taco Bell count here as well, but only once. But I know that that's that's a place that people tend to frequent when they partake in other extracurricular activities, if I'm not mistaken. Uh yeah, yeah, and you usually pay for it the next day. Uh, I, I put you know hand to God here. That's uh, that's me. Hand up. I've definitely done that once or twice, but you know, I, I've actually not to not to tip my own uh, cap here, but I've done very well for myself and staying away from fast food through throughout this whole uh, lockdown thing. Unless you consider Dunkin' Donuts, like breakfast sandwiches from Dunkin' Donuts. I think that is technically considered it, but at least they're eggs, so it's it's definitely healthier than the other ones. Well, yes, and we've gone through my my stance on the incredible edible egg and and all that it does for you, uh, but you know, I just don't think of that as like. Fast food, like I, I know it is. Like I'm driving through a drive-through and getting it, but I don't, I don't know why. It's like a second-tier fast food. Like I, I don't, I don't know why. Yeah, no, Maybe it's, because it's, it's breakfast food. Like it's different to me. I don't it, know. It's definitely different, and it's, I mean, it's just not McDonald's. I mean, I, I, like McDonald's has, like you can even the breakfast food, you can feel the grease on that before it hits your mouth, and it's and with um, but with with McDonald's Donuts, I don't necessarily feel the same way. By the way, that's the Daily Meal, right? Not meal. the Daily Mail. Not the Daily Mail. Not to be confused with that one. No. no Good to we're, know. We're not. We're not uh, reciting alt right propaganda uh, out here. Just, just like, coming out from the top of the show. <laughs> I didn't even know that's what they did, but there we go. Now I learned yeah. something. Yeah, exactly. I'm pretty sure I have that right with the Daily Mail. It could be. Could be wrong. I think that's like. Yeah, I think they'll live either way. Uh, but, but also from the Daily Meal is uh, every state's favorite uh delivery food of choice during the pandemic so do you do you want to take a guess it's kind of along the same lines as 
the fast food ones, but you want to guess Massachusetts? I would. Gu- I'm just going to guess pizza because I, I know everywhere has delivery, but I, I'm that seems like the easiest guess. Well, I gave you a big hint in the question, uh, saying that it was along the same lines as oh, uh, fast food. Oh, that's what you meant. Damn it. Uh, burritos was the answer that we were looking for. Pizza would probably be a popular guess more often than not, but burritos. Okay. I didn't think that through the way you said that. Yeah. yeah. I'm thinking of the answer before uh, before hearing everything. You know, that's, that's America's problem these days. <sighs> yeah. And with that, we welcome you back. Episode <laughs> 72 of the Change My Mind podcast. If you don't already know, I'm Wesley Sykes, and through the ether is the Eric song to my Eric Dotsier, Mr. Nick Fryer. Yeah, I guess so. I'm, I I remember seeing it before I even watched the movie, and I was like, what the hell is Wes talking about? <laughs> this, this, I, I'm excited to talk about this movie. I, I was grasping at straws, if you couldn't tell. That wasn't my strongest effort. was nowhere near the... Uh, Artemis Fowl to my Artemis Fowl of last week's intro, but but you know it's a constant work in progress here. And uh, this week we're going to be discussing, if you haven't already figured it out, uh, the latest movie of now available on Netflix from Will Ferrell and Rachel McAdams, Eurovision Song Con- Contest: The Story of Fire, Fire Saga. Wow, let me try that one over again. And I, I don't even want you to cut it out because I want my speaking, uh, you know, deficiencies to be heard over over the radio, over the oh, wave. Try, all right, fine, go ahead. So we'll just do it again. Three, two, one. This week we'll be discussing Will Ferrell's latest installment on Netflix, Eurovision Song Contest: The Story of Fire Saga. Look at Ooh. you. Oh, look there at you that go. One. That was perfect. Unique <laughs> New York. Unique U- New York. Yep. There we go. Moving forward. <laughs> But before I trip over my words anymore, let's find out what's trending now, Nicholas. What do you say? Well, first things first, we got more movie delays, which, I mean, is that surprising at this point? No. Tenant delayed to August 12th. Mulan mm-hmm. bumped to August 21st. And I saw that people were speculating that that means New Mutants will probably get bumped again. I still yeah. think we're ever going to get New Mutants. This is what it, We've been saying that, though, for how long at this point? Is it, is a movie even made? You know, like, are, are we sure they're just, this isn't just some big, like, you know, scheme that they're pulling to say, no, 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 it's it's coming. It's coming. Yeah, it, it could be. You know what, Wes? I actually, in, in the course of things, I saw on Facebook today a Gambit, like, fan film. It was like a 20-minute thing. I was like, see, they make this, and they make this as a 20-minute thing, and for fans... Like that's not bad. It was like the acting. There's some clunkiness to it. Don't get me wrong, but the visuals on it were a lot better than I would have expected. It's like, why can't they already have, we already have New Mutants, and why don't we have a Gambit movie at this point? It's total bullshit. I know they should listen to the people. You know they're pour, pouring in all this money for the Snyder Cut. You know they got to listen to the MCU fans out there. Yeah, Our voices well. need to be heard. Yeah, exactly. But Tenant, I mean, I know that's what we're obviously going to talk about that movie when it comes out, but I don't know you're very excited about it. Are you going to, yeah. you, you still want to see this in theaters no matter what, right? I would like to. I think it's a theater movie. I'm a big Christopher Nolan fan. You know, I think he does some things right. Uh, I love John David Washington. You know, I think he's, uh, you know, pretty, pretty electric on the screen, kind of pops off the screen, if you will. Uh, so I'm a fan of his. I love Black Klansman. Uh, you and know, and, and I think he's, Correct me if I'm wrong here. Maybe speaking out of turn, but isn't he the son of Denzel Washington? I think we went through this, and I thought that was the case. 
I believe so. so. By the way, for anybody hearing that bumping, that at least I can hear, oh, Wes's neighbors, huh? neighbors just have no clue what the hell they're doing, apparently. No, they, so we live in a two-family home, you know, the second level split off, and for the last year and a half or so, this banging that you're currently hearing uh, has been going on because they're they're a bit of a D, DIYers, if you will. You know, uh, they're trying to redo the floor, um, and it's great. So, you know, right now it's about 6.30. It's dinner time. I should be you know, breaking bread and saying grace, but instead, uh, you know, I'm getting being interrupted by elephant feet above me, which is just, you know, one of the many faux pas, you know, that you should be aware of when you're sharing a, a shared living space or I thought know, I'd building have... some walls of sorts, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, there's a certain time when you can do it and a certain time when you can't, it's like when you're cutting the grass, like I live in a condo where there are a bunch of other people. I don't vacuum during certain hours i'll put put it off as long as i can on sundays but there's a certain cutoff so i have to get it done by like seven even though it gets dark at eight now i just don't want to do it too late because even if people can't hear me i don't hear anybody else vacuum i don't want to disturb them you know I, i'm surprised i never hear shit in my place i've only heard above me once where it sounded like people were getting after it a little bit oh, if you know what i mean yeah one time though one hmm. time that's it so it's i'm a little surprised by that well, i feel bad for your neighbors then that's you know yeah, maybe that's, that's for it. Yeah, maybe that's yeah, exactly. But what else is trending? Watch. Well, you know what I will say though, by them doing this and kind of breaking that rule of uh, you know uh, sh shared space experiences. Now I can I, I have a hearing problem, so I always listen to like music very loud, TV very loud, and then I fall asleep because I I hate falling asleep to silence because my ears are always ringing. So now I don't feel bad about doing that. <laughs> You know, waking up in the middle of the night to like, you know, the slap chop infomercial blast at like 45 on the speakers. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, so I, I feel better about that though. Good. I'm glad to hear that. Have you, have you watched uh, the floor is lava on Netflix? I, I was so enthused by this show that it was just not enough for me to save it for the quarantine corner. I had to move it up all the way up to trend it now because it's trending in my heart and mind. So I haven't seen it. I'm. I don't plan on watching it, but I am oh. curious to learn more. Well, this is. Well, that's your first mistake. Is that you should plan on watching this. Really, if for nothing else. So, like, obviously, it's like obstacle course, American Gladiator type thing, parkour to a certain degree. It kind of even has like a an escape room type of vibe, but obviously more physical. You know, physically. Um, taxing. Demanding, taxing. Thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, so you know, but the the. It's so corny. The host is Rutledge Wood. I want to say his name is his first name is definitely Rutledge. I'm, I'm blanking on his last name. And he has these corniest like jokes for these voiceovers where he's kind of making fun of all these people. All the people are grouped together into like certain stereotypes. Like you have the doctors or you have, you know, the bros, the fraternity brothers or the San Diego babes who are all like fitness, you know, influencers and stuff oh. like that. And like, family and then like there's this one where these like broy triplets it's, it's in the first episode it's one that got me hooked that they were trying to land joke after joke after joke which normally i would respect but they were so <laughs> bad that uh it's like so bad that i just can't take my eyes off of it and when these people fall you know it's like warm goo like i wouldn't say it's like nickelodeon slime mm -hmm. like probably not as viscous as that but, you know, it's it's like a gooey material that like comes up and splashes on you and everything. And when you fall into the quote unquote lava, you sink to the bottom. You never come right back up. 
I that's what I love about this show is that it's the the dedication to it. You never see those people again if they fall in. They, wow. they never resurface. Where do they go? I'm assuming to like they just fell to their death. Maybe. Oh. It, it's a fantastic. It, it all seems like fun and games, and so, then until you fall into lava. Until hmm. you get stuck in the goo and you can't get out. Speaking right. of goo. By the way, oh. we do have an announcement that we should have mentioned oh. at the top of trending now. This is Thank a fantastic you. segue, by the way. I got to point it out. I know it kind of ruins the segue if I point it out, but well done, sir. Well, you you soft tossed it to me, but uh, we've been talking with Mac and Goo, who we've had both Mac and Goo on the show, and you guys may have seen that we were on the hashtag Dork Podcast. If you haven't already listened to it, go back and listen to episode one ninety three that they that came out late last week before we, we uh, put out this show the um, and, and the pop culture pile driver along with a couple twitchers uh, Chris Shime Shime mm-hmm. time on Twitter and then Ryan Davy who is Rich Keefe's co-host on hashtag dork they have uh, formed the hashtag dork shared Gooniverse, yes, which we about- are we are now part of and it's essentially a, a podcast network and we all talk about similar things but we all have well, we all have different viewpoints, like kind of like Wes and I do, but we talk mm-hmm. about similar topics. And uh, there's now a Facebook page for that. You guys can go uh, join, like, and you can listen to their shows, listen to ours. We'll be you know, posting our stuff in there. And it gives you, um, you know, like a safe little space to interact with all the other fans of the shows. So give you guys something different and, like, a, like I said, kind of a network or more of a universe, I really should say. Yeah, and I, I think this is fantastic. I love this idea. I mean, this is something that uh, you know we were hoping to, uh, you know, maybe work our way into when we first started this. So I think that's you know kind of cool and a little sign of uh, progress for us, hopefully. Yep. But also, like you said, bringing being able to siphon off, hopefully, from other um, audiences and being able to share ideas, and then you know we all love uh, something that connects, right? I mean, that's yep. that's my big thing. I, what, what does it, it all, all mean? mean? You know, so now we have all these uh, net inner networks of not only podcast hosts with different ideas and different thoughts on similar topics, but we also can just have interchangeable inside jokes. So the, the fun never stops, which I, exactly. I think is what is the most rewarding part of this whole process is that now we can just kind of reuse our inside jokes more often and hopefully just, uh, you know, just be funnier. Yeah, exactly. It all meshes together. And we'll be featuring all of them, hopefully, at different points throughout the show as we as we go along. But more importantly for you guys, if you listen to us and you maybe heard us allude to those shows before um, and, and weren't familiar with them, now you have a space where you can go and find out, hmm, I want to check this out and get to know people and you know learn more about the hosts and shows. And maybe you find another show that you like in there, or maybe you like all three. But I know that there's a lot of podcasts that talk about the topics that Wes and I do. But there are some, you know, we see, Lord knows we see Casey Walsh from Geeks Worldwide go at it with some of the podcasts that right. he doesn't like out there. But if you guys want some that, that are like us and you enjoy us, these are ones that we listen to. So so consider that. I mean, we're, we're joining with, with other shows that we like. So hopefully that leads you guys into giving them a shot too if you haven't already. Now, I'm just thinking out loud here. Uh, an issue we might run into, this might take a little bit more coordination on all of our parts here. Oh, but- no. You know, uh, take the King of Staten Island for example. You know, mm. we have three podcasts, maybe, uh, and, and maybe the po- uh, the Pile Driver podcast. There, uh, we'll also do that as well. Uh, more movies and everything. But you know, if everyone's doing the King of Staten Island review the week that it comes out, you know, we're gonna have to 
be able to attack certain things from different angles, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? I, I know this. I've When we've done it before, where we've done, reviewed the same stuff that those guys have, I still listen back to our show. I listen to theirs because you know what? We all approach it differently. You and I like the same stuff. We say, we say all the time, that's what our show is. We like the same stuff, but for different reasons. So we're not usually going to be the same as those other shows. But, you know, because uh, Keith and Davey sometimes like the same things for the same reasons. And Mac and Goo, I mean, their approaches are just so different from one another. So I think even if we run into that, we, we it'll still be a different experience for everybody. And, you know, if, when I know when I have a movie or a show that I like, I want as much about that as I can. Right. I agree. So yeah. It's all. And so now we're giving that to everybody, but if it's something that we're running to an issue, we'll address it. We'll figure it out. And I think, uh, we'll, uh, you know, we've done things like in the past, right. With the power rankings, which mm-hmm. I know goo does that as well, but also the captain uh, America versus Iron Man's uh, argument that we had. So maybe we do more stuff like that, but we'll see. It's, well, it's, still, it's still what we do either way at the end. And I would say just to point out that Mac and Goo did corner the market on all things Mount Rushmore related, uh, power ranking related, mm, uh, draft, draft related. Right. So exactly. So, you know, it, it, they didn't really leave much for everyone else. That, that, that's all I'll say. <laughs> well, you know what? We cornered the market on arguing. So That's true. That's true. Go. We do a damn good job of it. Yeah, I think we do. A Unless shit you job. disagree. Uh, there we go. Now you got the joke. You got yeah, it. Exactly. That's probably it. All right. Back to the other news that's going on <laughs> yes. in, the, in the entertainment industry. An email was sent out to HBO Max subscribers. And are you an HBO Max subscriber right now? No, I, I'm so confused. There's HBO Now, there's HBO Go, there's HBO Max. Some are forming into it. Apparently, there's this DC Universe app too that's all right, kind of you know blending into everything. I don't, I don't know. What's going on? So I had, I believe I had the HBO go app on my phone. And then one day out of nowhere, it turned into the HBO max app. So I think one of them somewhere along the way got eliminated either way. um, There was an email sent out to them saying that Harley Quinn is going to be added to HBO max. I don't know if it was uh, soon. So it's coming soon. Nice. Okay. I've watched it on the DC universe app. It's the, the second season has concluded. And I and I really enjoyed the show. I I thought this season was a little bit slower than the first one, but that the, the second half of it was awesome. So you just kind of got to power through. Like there are a couple good ones in the first season, but there are a couple slow ones. But they're only twenty minutes a pop, 22, 23 minutes, something like that. But um, but I think it's a good ad. It, but the the DC Universe app is the one that I'm so confused about. But I think. You know, you don't have it. I think a lot less people ha- are are not as invested in the DC Universe app as their HBO Max. I just don't know what this means for the DC Universe app. Has it just become a comics, uh, you know, uh, application and that's it? I mean, that I like that, but I just don't know how many people are going to stick on for that necessarily. And you probably have to change your price and, and things like that too. Well, I think we're we're looking at a very literal term of the DC Universe app, right? Because now it's just I think instead of having you know, one of each, one HBO, one DC Universe, one of these uh, social streaming apps. Now you're getting a whole bunch. We're flashpointing everything right now, and you're just getting all these multiple timelines. And and one timeline on Earth six one six. I know that's an MCU reference. Uh, you know, you're getting HBO Max, and then on another one, another Earth, you're getting uh, HBO Go, and then maybe on another timeline, there's a DC Universe app that just has comics. Uh, and, and maybe some animated TV shows on there as well. Now my, yeah. my head's spinning. Now I have no that, idea. That's like you know, twenty twenty is like we're, is, is a movie. Yeah, because I, I have no idea what just happened. I'm so rattled. <laughs> this whole thing, this whole the, the way D- DC does everything is so rattling. But 
maybe that's what they want now at this point. They don't want it to be a straight line like the MCU. They just want you to be as confused as possible, and that way you have no expectations, and then you can't be disappointed. Well, you know one person who could solve these problems and probably Ooh. explain it to us in a very simple way and maybe have a, an adventure while doing so. Pray tell who? Our, our, our good friend, Miss Frizzle. Miss Frizzle? Yeah, you're familiar? That's a name I haven't heard in ages. Yeah, so everyone's favorite uh, science teacher, Miss Frizzle, uh, is apparently going to be hitting the live-action hybrid uh, animation movie a la Lion King. Uh, so the Magic School Bus has been greenlit for, for this live-action animated hybrid. And Elizabeth Banks is set to star as the aforementioned Miss Frizzle. Ooh, uh, so I like that. You may not know, you know, Joanna Cole wrote the books, the Magic School Bu Bus books, which sold 80 million copies worldwide wow. before Lily Tomlin voiced the role in the PBS TV ad adaptation, which aired for 18 years uh, in more than 100 countries. So this is, you know, you talk about unused IP that's really like gold. You know, you're mm -hmm. unearthing gold here. I think this is a fantastic move. I love the Magic School Bus. If we need more educational, uh, fun educational, uh, you know, <laughs> titles and IP for the kids and for the parents out there. Okay, Dad. Let I, me but, know what the mitochondria is. You know, but I, I am I, the powerhouse cell. I did love this this uh, show as a kid. Whenever we got to watch it in class, I feel like that was second grade. We got to watch it quite a bit. Maybe first grade too. I really enjoyed this show. It was fun. It was just, it's just kids going on adventures and stuff. I think Elizabeth Banks. I think that's a great casting. I think she's Spot got on. yeah, zany Love. enough, and she knows yeah. how to, she knows what what to do for sure. Um, but you know, it's funny you say how like educational stuff, educational television for kids. I felt like there was a stretch where it just there was maybe it was just because I was in college and I didn't pay attention to it. But I felt like there was a lot less kids stuff out there for for a long stretch of time. And now it seems like we're starting to shift back to to. I don't know. Maybe they're just trying to uh, regurgitate or redo the things that we had as kids because they couldn't find any original stuff. Nick, I would like to stop you right there and, and allow you to check your privilege for a moment because as a as someone who does not have any children, and as I myself, who is uh, does not have any children but is an owner of a dog, uh, <laughs> so I, I can say uh, maybe go a step further than you on this. You know, there, there's a lot of educational program out there. I just find for for my dog and for my family. Uh, we we like something that's a little bit more highbrow and doesn't speak down to the children. Oh, uh, we want to speak to them our, on our level. That's why we've been watching uh, Euphoria on HBO with our dog. Oh, oh okay, yeah, it's yeah. definitely a good show to, to show the children because you know the dog can make up their mind, you know, and, and then and then make the decisions on their own of how, how to act. We just want to expose them to as many experiences, good or bad, and then allow the dog to decide for their, themselves. Damn, I wish I had I had parents like you, Wes. That is unbelievable. Such a lucky kid. Well, if you'd like some more advice, we are doing an off off show stream uh, a little bit later. Maybe maybe on Twitch. Maybe we can work this out with some of our new Twitch affiliates and just kind of have a parenting corner. You know, I think that's something. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Davey would love to do that with you. He have a great yeah, you know, whoever would want to pop pop in. You know, the yeah. more the merrier. Uh, last thing before we get to the comic book minute, we talked about how um, Wes is a roadside vigilante based on yes. how his practices on the road and everything. He kind of fits that mold. He makes sure that other drivers are abiding by the law. And if they are not, he's going to let them know about it and he's going to try and stop them as best as he can. Mm -hmm. Well, John Bernthal 
does not subscribe to your line of thinking, which he's more along um, my line of thinking. He apparently got cut off by some girl. She, she posted this on Twitter. It was a truck, and she thought the guy was going to be pissed at her and whatever, scold her or whatever, I guess, maybe throw her the bird. And instead, when she saw him, he pulled his glasses down, and he just smiled, and she realized it was John Bernthal. He found it on Twitter and said, you know, uh, tell, tell your man I said what's up and was great about it. So I, I'm glad to hear that the Punisher is actually not an a-hole on the road. Now, I will say um, <laughs> in response to this, that someone of John Bernthal's stature cannot be a roadside vigilante or take part in roadside vigilante justice, uh, much like you have your uh, police officers in uniform. There are also plainclothes cops, undercover detectives, if you will. John Bernthal is too high profile to do that because he will ref- face negative backlash for doing such. But I am a faceless uh, person in a sea of people. For now. Well, yes, provided that my license plate doesn't get taken down. Mm. Uh, things like that. But, but, but <laughs> never mind that. It's not important. Uh, so I, I meant to police it upon ourselves as, as a man of the people. Uh, and and then women of people as well, uh, you know, should be doing that. You know, it, it shouldn't be the uh, the people who we know by name. Okay. It should just be people policing people, not stars policing people. Because then again, you're looking down on other people saying, hey, just because my name is John Bernthal, you cut me off. That's not right. No, no, no. It's, it's for the people. So we're setting. So that's another rule. So if you're a star, if you're a well-known individual, you cannot be a roadside vigilante. Well, I, you know, I don't want to use words like can or cannot. You know, those are too concrete. Uh, yeah, you know, I don't want to get caught up in that sort of thing. You know, John Burchell can do whatever he damn well pleases. You know, I, I'm not going to be one to stop him unless you know I see him on the road and he does something that's kind of like a dick move. Then, then I feel like it might be my place to jump in. But until we reach that point. Um, you know, John is, is free to do whatever John pleases. Okay. <laughs> All right. So John Bertha, you have Wes's permission to do whatever the hell you want. Right. Fair enough. That's yeah, fine. And, and I, I would say, you know, one instance out of, uh, you know, what could be millions of instances on the road, you know, probably does not mean that he is uh, either for or against roadside vigilante justice, uh, patent pending. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I think we just don't have enough, enough evidence right. out there. You know, I, I would venture to guess that John Bernthal probably runs a little hot from time to time. If he's, uh, you know, working out in California so much, I hear traffic is a real pain in the, the keister out there. So, you know, I, one could imagine that one's tempers would flare when one is on the road. One could imagine that. One could imagine that. One could. All right. Comic book minute really quick this week as opposed to last week because there's just not a lot of stuff coming out. I know Marvel had a few things. There's a Hawkeye title or a Hawkeye story coming out, and mm. and they, there were a lot of trades. I did see that, but not a lot of single issues. DC had nothing. The only thing I saw was a digital first, a Harley Quinn, black, white, and red, and then the newest installment of their DC's, deceased digital title. Uh, but outside of that, I mean, I saw – I actually mentioned this to to Keith when we were on hashtag dork red hood outlaw generation outlaw that's coming out this week for the red hood fans out there. I I don't think you can, I'm always hesitant to say you can skip something because there are times that something pops up in a story and it's not important, but then there are just like these little nuggets here and there that they'll allude back to. And I hate when I don't know what that is, but generation outlaw is probably some of the, is probably the worst like, chapter or whatever of red hood that i've ever read it sucked and i didn't i wasn't a huge fan of the art so if if you're ever like 
yeah, I don't want to get it. I would say you're fine in not getting it because I don't think okay. I've seen too many callbacks lately. For Marvel, there are the, a couple of the trades that I think may be worthwhile for uh, for our readers out there, our listeners. There's an Excalibur trade coming out, and that features uh, Captain Britain is in there and his sister Psylocke is in there. And then we got Gambit in there, Rogue. I think Jubilee okay. might be in there as well. I read some of it. I, I fell behind just because whatever. But I, I think I'm actually going to buy this trade because – a Gambit's in it, and B Psylocke's in it. They got just awesome characters in it, and then there's some King Arthur shit going on in there as well. So that might be a fun read. Also, the Black Widow Prelude is coming out too. And now my brother, he doesn't read comics as much anymore because he's too busy reading stuff for his job and boring as shit. But okay. he he does collect the preludes for the MCU movies, and it's always it just adds a little bit more to the story. You don't necessarily miss out if you don't read them i mean we've i've never read any of them and west obviously hasn't either no nope. but but my brother really enjoys those and they, i guess those are usually pretty good so you're, that's out there as well and then we've talked about this in the past with our our old buddy tim weitzberg the what ifs well there's mm-hmm. a uh, what is classic the, the complete collection volume four is coming out this week i don't know exactly what's in there but if you're looking for something different where you see characters in different circumstances i know the one the only one that i've ever read was it was in the last couple of years was what if Peter Parker became the Punisher? And I love that. So, Oh, I saw that going around actually. Yeah. yeah. So what would I mean? Tim swore by these. So if you're looking for something different, you like the older comics, I recommend picking this up. Um, I, you know, I didn't see much for IDW that our, that our readers would like. I know there's some uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle stuff. It's like Urban Legends, I think issue 24. But I, mm-hmm. I scoped that out before because I didn't know if I wanted to read it. That may be more for kids. So if you have a you know son or daughter who who likes TMNT, you can look into that. Image, there's a lot of different stuff. I mean, Image is just so there's there's such a different brand from everybody else that I, and I don't think there's necessarily anything I'd recommend other than maybe the marked. Now I haven't read this, but it's basically about um, influencers who are tattooed with magical glyphs of an ancient order that secretly protects the world against evil forces. It sounds kind of interesting, but I, I don't know if it's necessarily for me. I mean, you can imagine there's somebody else who, who has the magic powers and turns evil, blah, blah, blah. So right. yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. But influencers, though, huh? You're yeah. selling, uh, you know, flat tummy tea, or what? What, what are they selling here? They I, I don't know. I didn't check into it. I know the, the the first trade of that is coming out this week, as is issue six. So if you guys want to catch up, it's there for you. But but that concludes the comic book minute for this week, which turned out longer than I expected it to be. Real quick aside, Geeks Worldwide has started an insiders program, and I wanted to make sure you guys had all the details about it. But before I go further, if you sign up, be sure to use promo code CMM to get 10% off your membership. And that code is only good till the end of June. If you join GWW's Insiders Prime membership, you'll receive a t-shirt, get two free months off membership, and be entered automatically in all future sweepstakes and giveaways. And they have one ongoing that I'll tell you guys about in a second. Their goal, give you 10 times what you're paying for. And along the way, they can ditch the display ads for everyone. And they've partnered with quite a few companies and getting you guys a lot of different discounts. Diamond Select Toys, Iron Studios, Fanatical, Cereal Box, Inky Pen, Box of Goth. And the list keeps growing. It was not this long when this first started. As for the giveaway program, right now, if you become a GWW Insiders Prime member, you will become eligible to win a free Lenovo ThinkPad X1 Carbon laptop. That thing's $2,000. You win that, you've already made your money back and more. Or you could win a Nintendo Switch Lite or get a mystery box from Box of Goth. So make sure you guys sign up now. And when you do, again, type in 
CMM for the promo code to get 10% off your membership. Well, that's fantastic because I feel like our main topic today might be a little light, uh, a little light in the loafers. I'm not sure if I'm using that phrase correctly. I'm, I'm not sure if that's that what it means, but uh, we're, we're discussing Eurovision Song Contest. not what it means now that I think about it. <laughs> yeah. uh, the, the story of Fire Saga, that's definitely not how I'm supposed to use that term. Um, but Nick, would you, would you like to uh, read off our synopsis here? When aspiring musicians Lars and Sigrid are given the opportunity to represent their country at the world's biggest song competition, they finally have a chance to prove that any dream worth having is a dream worth fighting for. Who's in this, Wes? It's beautiful. Uh, this movie is directed by David Dobkin and starring Will Ferrell as Lars Eriksson. I'm really going to butcher these names here, so uh, please forgive I would me. too. Uh, the lovely Rachel McAdams as Sigrid uh, Eriks Dotsier. Uh, Michael Persbrandt as Victor Carlson. Carlson? Mm-hmm. Carlson, yeah. Carlson? Uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, but there's like a Lawson. Like, it's like, I don't know. Uh, yeah, whatever. It's uh, Icelandic. Pe- You're fine. Pierce Brosnan got that one down, who's playing uh, Eric Eric Songs, uh, Will Ferrell's <laughs> father. And Demi Lovato playing Katiana. I didn't realize that that, that uh, I didn't realize Will Ferrell's dad's name was Eric Ericsson. That yeah, it, it, it makes it kind of great, and th- that kind of goes into a point I'll have a little bit later when we actually start discussing it. But it's currently rocking a six point seven out of ten on IMDb, and has a fifty eight eighty one critic audience split on Rotten Tomatoes, with a critics consensus of quote. Eurovision Song Contest, the story of Fire Saga, contains inspired ingredients and laugh-out-loud moments, but they're outnumbered by the flat stretches in this overlong comedy. Yeah. Nick, do you agree with that? Do you disagree? I, I Well, I agree with IMDb, IMDb's um, rating on it. First of all, they give it a 6.7. I give it a 65 out of 100. I, I, had, I don't know if I had laugh-out-loud moments. I mean, it's always different when you're – I find it's always different when you're by yourself. I, I didn't watch sure. this with anybody. Yeah. But I did think that there were some moments where I chuckled. Uh, there were definitely some moments that I chuckled throughout this. And the biggest thing for me was I feel like this is Will Ferrell kind of moving back in the right direction. I feel like he's had a, he's had a few stinkers over the past few years. Obviously, Holmes and Watson, I mean, that had to be rock bottom for him. Sure. And this, this I know there are certain movies this makes you think of, and I'll let you explain that in a second. But I felt like it's going back towards where he was in his sweet spot a little bit. So you got a 65 out of a hundred here. Okay. Yeah. What do you give so, it? Excuse me. This is, it goes through a stretch of bad movies for me that like, I'm not sure if I've gotten above like a 70 recently. Sounds uh, right. And so uh, maybe with the exception of, uh, you know, apocalypse war there. Yes. That's uh, true. But, but this one's going to get a 50 out of a hundred smack dab in the middle. I thought it was just Okay. It was, I didn't really have those laugh out loud moments again, much like yourself. I was watching this uh, by my lonesome. So it was uh, already a depressing scene anyway. Uh, But this just screams Blades of Glory meets Zoolander meets Pitch Perfect, you know, and that's like probably the elevator pitch of this movie, right? It's like probably, yeah. uh, But I just don't know why this was made. You know, like I coming into it, I never heard of Euro Song Contest, which is a uh, re- or Eurovision Song Contest or whatever it's called. That's a real event, much like a American Idol would be here in the in this country. You know, but um, so I think that's very cool, and you see some of the contestants and winners through the years definitely um, you know highlighted out of it, which I thought was great. Although you know, I, again, as I'm going through it, 
I'm like, who are these people? Like, I feel like, you know, this, those scenes were supposed to be like, I should know who those people are, but I don't. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. But then I'm looking at it, and, and there's that song along thing, which is like, okay, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In that moment, I'm like, these got to be real musicians mixed in throughout all of this, right? And and it turns out that it was. And I'm like, all right, I want to, I just want to see who these people are. And I'm sure with other people, they're like, I really like that voice. Maybe I'll get some of their music. And that's probably what part of the pitch was. And you know, you you did the research. Will Ferrell went to this, right? Yeah. So he wants to make it give it like that authentic feel. Yeah, and he, he also co-wrote and was an executive producer on it. So that probably also explains why was this movie made. And uh, so, so like I said, the Eurovision Song Contest, it's a real thing. It's an annual international song competition held every year by the European Broadcasting Union since 1956, with the exception of 2020 because COVID. Uh, with thanks, participants, nothing. Yeah, thanks, Obama. <laughs> uh, <laughs> with participants representing primarily European countries. Uh, each participating country submits an original song to be performed on live television and radio, then cast votes for the other country's songs to determine the winner. At least 50 countries are eligible to compete as of 2019. And since 2015, Australia has also been allowed uh, as a contestant. So That doesn't make um, any sense. Well, you know, it's, uh, it's a British colony. It was started off as a British colony. So, uh, so did we. Well, yeah, but, you know, we didn't really denounce that. <laughs> or, or I don't think they denounced her. You know, I'm pretty sure the British flag is still within the Australian flag. This is true. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not as brushed up on my Australian history, but it, it wasn't India also uh, for a long time a British colony too? Yes, yes, it was, as was Hong Kong uh, up until recently as well. But, uh, you know, again, I'm not I'm as well versed on my British history. Uh, That's impressive. Well, was aware of the history of the Eurovision Song Contest through his Swedish wife and became aware of it in 1999. I even attended the 2018 finals in, Nick? Portugal, Lisbon. Yes, to speak with contestants and work on story angles. Very cool. I thought you'd get a kick out of that. Yeah, I did. I love seeing that. Some good shit right there. Yeah, you know, I just think it's it's interesting because, of, like, again, I found all this out through doing the uh, research after the fact. So in the moment, I was kind of confused and like, why is this stuff going on? You know, what is, what's the purpose behind this movie? Um, and now it makes more sense. You know, obviously, Will Ferrell has... Very strong uh, Swedish ties, like I mentioned, with his wife. I believe both both his kids uh, speak fluent Swedish. Really? Uh, yeah, I think I heard that in a podcast that he did. I want to say that was like the Dax Shepard uh, podcast. But Why uh, not, right? yeah, so you know he's he's very much into it. So that's kind of where you see those roots coming from. But again, this still kind of screams Blades of Glory, and you get that Zoolander aspect with the father, who's like the, the really like masculine macho, yeah, in the coal mines type of guy who like. That's where you saw the connection. Okay. Yeah, I was wondering where he discredits, discredits his, like, you know, um, creative son, quote unquote, you know. And yeah. Pitch perfect. You get the uh, the music behind it. Well, there's also a pretty uh, obvious difference between Will Ferrell's character in this movie and Derek Zoolander, where he's, I mean, he's actually a model. As much as, you know, his right. dad looks down on him, he's like, he's actually accomplished. Whereas right. Will Ferrell is a meter maid. Right, I think in, in in Iceland, and he's chasing down this dream where he's had zero traction throughout yeah. his entire life. So he's more of a bum than Zoolander. Yeah, and a couple of notes before we get into the this uh, the breakdown here. Uh, Ferrell and McAdams are both uh, credited with vocals on five songs: uh, Zha Zha Ding Dong, Happy, <laughs> Volcano Man, Double Trouble, and Husavik. Uh, okay. 
But Swedish singer Molly Sandin had her vocals blended in with Mick Adams. So that's why she kind of sounds like more like auto-tuned than Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell actually has like a really good voice. Yeah, he's yeah, because he's there's gotta be I think in Step Brothers, right? Those times where he sang, there were a couple right. moments where that or maybe all of them, it's actually him. So, no, I mean, no, that that's him. I mean, you could tell, him. yeah. So I mean, I'm not buying, you know, any Will Ferrell songs anytime soon where he's the lead singer. But he's right. he's got a decent voice. I didn't think Mick Adam had a voice. I really didn't. It, it, obviously, her character in this movie did, but I wasn't yeah. stunned by that. But I'll tell you what, Husevik, which I know Will Ferrell is credited for singing in that song, and it's fine, whatever. I actually went and got that song on my phone. I really? loved that song. Holy shit! All right, we got a fan I, here. Oh okay. my god! It really like I, I'm I was, as I'm listening to it, the whole thing went in, the, in that final scene. I'm like, holy shit! This is amazing. This is a, this is an awesome song. And when she switches into the Icelandic, and I know that you know the, the people from Iceland all were like excited about it. Mm-hmm. But I'm listening to them like that sounds beautiful. That's freaking amazing. <laughs> I didn't know that's what Icelandic sounded like. And you know they had their right. own language. That was impressive. Well, you know the good way to remember the difference between Iceland and Greenland is right. Uh, Iceland is actually green, and Greenland is actually icy. Well, yes, but the I believe the quote I was looking for came from D2, the Mighty Ducks, is Iceland is very nice and Greenland is full of ice. Oh, okay. And it shows you the scenery and the setting was was beautiful. Again, I kind of got like Adam Sandler-esque vibes from this. That it was just like, you know, uh, uh, you know, everyone and just a bunch of their friends were just cast. Will Ferrell's like, hey, why don't you just come out here? Yeah. How else do you get Pierce Brosnan and Rachel McAdams, right? Like, I feel like those are two pretty big names for like a Netflix movie. Yeah, okay, I would say so. Come out to vacation to Iceland for me. It's a good time of the year. It's fun. We'll we'll, we'll throw you a couple million. Yeah, we'll be done with it. Yeah. The 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 yaya yeah ding dong thing too. <laughs> to me, like I don't know European music that well. But I've definitely heard some things before. It's like this seems kind of European, and, and yeah, yeah, ding dong, definitely screamed that to me. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you're you're familiar with the uh, the feast of the Blessed Sacrament, right? The Portuguese feast that goes on every year in New Bedford, which I'm, if I'm not mistaken, is like the largest Portuguese American gathering like worldwide. I believe so. Those things uh, are definitely crazy. In, definitely in the country, it might be worldwide as well. But you have these traditional Portuguese, uh, you know, folk groups come out, and the traditional like. You know, wooden clog shoes, and there's like really bright like dresses and everything, and you get the suspenders, right? I feel like the, the, the Portuguese mm-hmm. wear that as well, and it's these really kind of like sing songy folk songs mm-hmm. uh, that that are great. It's fun, you know. It's uh, it gets everyone's like mood going. You can tell that's um, that's like an authentic song. Well, it's that combined with the Madeira wine that everybody's down into. Well, yeah, that'll that'll if be a quick. For anybody who's from the New England area that listens to the show, if you like wine and you haven't been to the Madeira festivals, go because yeah. they not this year. Won't be going on this year. Not this year, but when whenever you get the chance now next year or whatever, I would I would make it a point to go if you're a wine drinker. Portuguese people are excellent at taking things from other cultures, especially in 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 turning it into something even cooler. They do it with Italian food. They do it with, and they do it with wine for sure. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah, and that's usually the first week in August. Uh, first week. Yeah, in that's August. right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. My grandfather even makes his own wine, and I love that. I mean, that's my favorite wine, hands down. Oh, it's just gotta be the good stuff, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. I'll have to, get, I'll have to get you some sometime. But so, anyways, why did you like this movie? I know you like your grandfather's Madeira wine, but why <laughs> did you like Eurovision Song Contest Fire Saga? <laughs> <laughs> it's a freaking mouthful. It's, it doesn't roll off the tongue. 
the biggest thing for me, and I'm sure that's intentional. The biggest thing for me is whenever we see a stupid movie, it you I need to know: Do they know that they're a stupid movie? If they know that, then that's going to make it a lot more enjoyable. Yeah. But for me, if they don't, and I think for most people, they feel the same way. It's just it's it's hard to it's hard to swallow because maybe you just feel uncomfortable because like this is bad and they don't know it, or you just don't like awkward humor or whatever, and the jokes are flopping left and right. But they know they're stupid right from the jump, and and that's hard. I think with Rachel McAdam, Pierce Brosnan, I can get it, but Rachel mm-hmm. McAdam, like Pierce Brosnan, is so serious that. It, that he can kind of flow into this, but Rachel McAdam is just kind of, is not so serious, but she's not this big time jokester either. It's not like we're dealing with uh, Kristen Wiig or somebody like that. Right. She's so, not zany or like, she's not like Will Ferrell goofy. Like she's funny and like mean girls by playing a role really well. That's meant to make fun of a, a type of person. Right. Exactly. So I, I had a tough, like I, that seemed weird to me at first, but she, I thought she did a pretty good job, you know, selling, um, and this is one of the things I didn't like selling her as like this awkward girl next door is a little is tough for me. Mm-hmm. I had a tough time buying that, but I still thought she did a, a good job. Um, but I mean, like I said, the song along thing, I liked that they brought in actual singers from Eurovision. That was something that I appreciated. Um, and, and I mean, it just, it sounded cool too. I mean, I heard the share song believe and I was, I was like, who sings that? And I actually went and got mm-hmm. that song too. Cause I didn't have that on my iPod, but what, what were some of the things you liked? So I think Rachel McAdams was my uh, my favorite part. I thought she did a great job through this. And I, I really liked her as the, um, you know, you know they, they tend to do this in movies. They tend to take, like, a straight man and, like, the wild card and kind of put them together. Like, you would see this a lot, like, with, like, Dumb and Dumber with, um, you know, Jeff Daniels, a very serious actor for the most part, but put him in a funny role. It's kind of like a fish-out-of-a-water role for him. Yeah. And then you have, like, your stereotypical comedic actor in there with uh, Jim Carrey. You know, to mm-hmm. kind of like off balance to kind of help, you know, even it out a little bit. I kind of got that vibe. I don't think uh, Rachel McAdams pulled off the comedy as well as, say, Jeff Daniels did and Dumb and Dumber. Or but not. I think that's kind of what they were going for. That's and funny. I didn't really even mind that she wasn't funny throughout all this. It wasn't very, ma- very many funny parts. I just still think she's throwing like 95 plus still. And mm-hmm. uh, that's what I found most impressive. You know where she was? She's a really delight. Fun- she just like pops off the screen. She does, and you know where she was actually really funny was when she was talking to um, Lemtov, the the Russian singer, mm-hmm. where she was questioning him about his sexuality. That was probably the funniest yeah. thing for me in that. She's like, "Are you gay?" And <laughs> gay, gender fluid, non-binary, and he's like, "You know, <laughs> you, I'm Russian. I can't be gay." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whoa, shit. Yeah, and I love the the song along part. I thought that was great. Again, that had very much like big pitch perfect vibes, maybe pitch perfect two vibes when they're down in David Cross's um, little like lair thing and they're doing the the sing off with uh, the Green Bay Packers guys and everything like that. Um, but I, I thought that was great. And again, to find out after the fact that these are uh, you know real singers, real contestants, and a chance to kind of showcase and spotlight them, uh, I thought I thought was really awesome. Um, you know, I didn't think there were like laugh out loud moments in this. I, I still don't really know why this got an eighty one percent from the critic or the audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. Like that that seems very high. It is, but it's light. You know, I mean, it's not it's not heavy and it's not too weird. I mean, it has a clear plot and you know clear ups and downs. I will say though, it did feel long at times. I mean, the, the first half, yeah. the first half, it's two hours, right? It's just over two hours. Mm-hmm. The first half hour. 
I was like, wow, I feel like a lot's happened. And it's like, it's only a half hour in. It's like, wait a minute, this is this is going way too long. And, and sometimes I like when a lot happens in 30 minutes, but mm-hmm. usually that just it feels quick when that when that's gone on. This this did not definitely slog early on. And, and comedies, right, really shouldn't be two hour movies. Like unless you're you're talking about a Judd Apatow movie where that, that's going to be inevitably. But um, you know, I think 90 minutes is probably that sweet spot for most comedy movies. Um, right. You know, I I, I did like. Pierce Brosnan, like again, playing that that hardened role. When you talk about like you know Rachel McAdams being that goofy kind of role, and that doesn't really suit her. I thought Pierce Brosnan was very funny just by playing that character very straight. Yeah, you know, and like and that was funny because he was so ultra masculine through it all. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I thought that was kind of a, a funny little thing. Um, and again, maybe I missed this, or, or like you know, I watched it in two viewings. Maybe I got a little disjointed there, but. You know, he he slept with like every woman in the town, right? That's why everyone's last name was Eric something. Yeah, exactly. Except right? for except for Rachel McAdams' mom, and then of course he ends up marrying her when her and Will Ferrell are having a kid. Which right. Is... Yeah, yeah, it's a little different, but you know, <laughs> but so I, I think that's great. Like I think the ideas of a lot of these uh, jokes are funny, and like could be one of those things where, um, you know, in conversation with other people, like, those lines become funny again, like. True. Like, I'll, I'll I'll call back to like the hashtag dork episode that we did, right? And I'm listening to Max topic of uh, famous uh, sex tapes throughout history of celebrities, right? Mm-hmm. And they're getting on to the Hulk Hogan portion, and I've never seen it. I've heard about it. I've seen previews for the Gawker documentary that's on Netflix about it. But when uh, Keith is doing the impression of Hulk Hogan feeling bloated and talking about like, Oh, I'm so bloated. I shouldn't have had those crab legs. Buffet. <laughs> like I would never, like that probably scene would never be as funny to me as it was watching Keith do the impression of it. Yeah. And like, that's kind of how I feel some of these scenes will be like, it, it'll kind of take on a new life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, after it, it kind of goes away for a little bit and some people get a chance to watch it and some of those jokes will become funny to me. You know, like, I think this could have like a good rewatchability after giving some time away. I think that's the other thing too. It will be rewatchable. And I like that. That's how I kind of view the Tim Robinson stuff. I mean, you recommended to me and then I had enough of the, enough people who were making jokes about it and I'd heard them all. I was like, I got to watch this. And now I have appreciation for those jokes more, but mm-hmm. even, even watching it the first time, I was like, yeah, it's funny, but I mean, it's also not necessarily my sense of humor because it's how absurd it can get. But, but yeah, I think, I think this has a similar element to that. And, and I think we both agreed on this as um, you know, anytime they poke shots at the American uh, visitors, right. That, I mean, that, that was pretty, pretty well done. Jets take my horse to the old yeah. town road. Jamba yeah. juice. That's right. great. And, and, and the fact the kids were wearing Arizona and yeah. Arizona state gear was just perfect. Oh yeah. Well, you're, oh. well, Will, Will Ferrell, famous, you know, famous Pac-12 guy, USC guy, you know, so he knows. Oh, that's right. He's a USC guy. Yes. And if he wrote it, right? He wrote the script. So yes, that's probably, of course. Uh, and, yeah, that was a hundred percent a shot at them. It wasn't just deliberate. It was a shot at them. Wait, yeah. Arizona State. I I think it's Arizona State. Is like. If you're worried about sending your kid to college and them getting an STD, possibly, don't send them to Arizona State. Yeah, I think they're yeah. like the third worst in the country. You know, a uh, big mistake of mine uh, at the time I was going, I graduated high school in 2006. Uh, it was cheaper for me to go to Arizona State on out-of-state tuition 
than it was to go to UMass Amherst in-state. Really? Yes. And they have, of course, you know, for, for sports broadcast and sports journalism majors, uh, the Cronkite School of Journalism and Broadcasting. I mean, that's like one of the premier journalism schools. And then, of course, it has the whole other reputation that it has, right? Sun and fun and partying and all that good stuff. Oh, yeah. And I was like, no, nah, you know, I don't think I, I want to be able to come home and be closer to home if I uh, <laughs> you know, wanted to shoot home for like a weekend or a holiday mm-hmm. and stuff. And, of course, I never did that but when I went to school in Long Island. So you know, I, right. I could have, I should have just went to ASU and had you the time. You like the idea of it more. You would, you would, you're able to go. It's a three hour ride home, four hour ride home. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah so you, yeah, at least the option was here. That's all you want is the option. Right. So I think, uh, you know, eight, 17, 18 year old Wes would be uh, probably like to do that one over again. He, he probably would, but I think he turned out just fine, Wes. Yeah, turned out great. Turned yes. out great. Um, a couple other things though that I like that I did not mention before the when the bomb so the bomb goes off right everybody dies we see Demi Lovato's hand which not a big fan of the Demi Lovato ghost she, she was better her second appearance but the first one was like what the what the shit are we doing right now yeah but the whole like committee for the Iceland Music Broadcast Association whatever it was they're shitting on Fire Saga and then as soon as they're done shitting on them we, they pan to the left. And you're right there. Right there. Yeah, <laughs> it was that. That was great. I did. I did enjoy that one too because, like, Will Ferrell's like, I don't give a shit. We're in. That's all that matters. And um, I like the Graham Norton cameo as well. I don't know if he's normally part of Eurovision, but for those who don't know, he was the guy who was the the main announcer in the movie, and he hosts like a late night talk show in Britain. I believe it's on the BBC. I'm not certain. Certain. Oh, yeah. Okay. But I see clips of his show on Facebook all the time. I maybe even talked about it with you before. And I, I just I, though he gets a lot out of the the celebrity guests that he has on, and usually has like three on the couch at once. And they they he he knows when to kind of sit back, but he also knows what where to um like poke people a little bit and get them going, and then mm-hmm. then he'll get help from the, one of the other guests and there because it's really interesting. So I, I really liked seeing him him in there as well. And you know what? By the way, too, when I said that this movie kind of bring it full circle knows what it is. I think the best example of that was towards the end when Will Ferrell gets saved by the elves. I mean, that's perfect right there. I mean, you, you, they just know this movie is bullshit. This is just yeah. total nonsense and we're having fun. Just enjoy it. And that's why, I mean, look, I'm not going to give this more than a 65 because you, when we're talking about grading movies, we're, we're looking at a lot of different elements and, and this is – it's just a goofy. It's just goofy and having fun, and that's great. But that's just you can't get. You can only get so high a score doing that. Oh yeah, yeah. Unless you really knock, you know, do it out of the well or do it really well, knock it out of the park. Exactly. Like if you're, you know, Mortal Kombat, then I'll give. I'll give you a grade in the eighties or something. There like you that. go. Now we're I talking. Can't remember what I gave it. Anyway. So what? What didn't you like about this movie? And I feel like you know, it, it's this is probably a longer list for me. <laughs> well, <laughs> but, I mentioned yeah, you start. I mentioned, you know, how the the way they try to use Rachel McAdam as this like not girl next door or this awkward girl who doesn't know she's pretty. You're Rachel McAdam. Come on, yeah. I know they they threw a couple of blemishes on your face, but let's let's be honest here. And you have a voice of a goddess too in this movie. You know, so she, she did fine with it, but it's just so hard to buy her in that role given how long she's been around if she was a newer well, actress, everyone knew i mean everybody wanted her though you know in the movie they were like yeah, why, why are you with this guy you know so it's definitely. like she knew everyone knew that she was a looker 
Yeah, exactly. But she, for some reason, didn't on Iceland where I, I have no clue. But, but I mean, look, it was all all of it was worth it in the end for that song. That was that was I can't. I, I know I said it before, but like that was amazing. I love that that bit mm-hmm. they did at the end. But the uh, one of the like bits that they did that kind of bugged me was the mayor of winning. There are some awkward things that Will Ferrell does that I do find funny, but sometimes he goes too far for me. And when they did that, it was just, yeah. These are this is like a minute that I could of my life that I could really use back. I did not need to see that bullshit. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I think that was kind of funny. I got to chuck again, like you know, like I probably didn't chuckle at it, but it, when you when it like play it back in my head, like oh, I'm like that's kind of funny. You know, and I could see how that one could become better later on, but it was yeah. so stupid within the movie itself. But maybe on rewatch, maybe I'll like it. Like I said, Ghost of Demi Lovato, not a big fan. Movie felt longer than two hours for sure. It yeah. definitely like later on the, the, I think the last hour felt better, but it's just like it took it felt like it took forever to get to Eurovision. And you take I know it's important to establish these characters, but we're also talking about a Will Ferrell movie. We know what we got going into this he's a jackass, he's a clown maybe everybody else around him is and everybody sees him like a jackass and a clown. Then he turns out being a hero at the end. Mm -hmm. We know that's going to happen. And there were a couple times that he lost his accent in this. (laughs) And there was one time where it really stood out. And I think it was, it was in a car rush on the way to Eurovision. At one point he he just, it just goes away and he did a good job holding up throughout. But that was one of those things where I was like, I I noticed it at a small moment somewhere in the movie, like I think the first hour, then it popped up again here, but I was always waiting for him to kind of lose it. Uh, And and I thought that was actually kind of a funny ad. Maybe maybe that's a, like a little Easter egg joke for people like yourself who are looking for that sort of thing. And then you say, Oh, that's that's a little something for me. I'll put that in my pocket. What did you not like about this movie? Um, So, you know, you had mentioned that you thought Will Ferrell was uh, kind of reverting back to some of his better stuff. Some of yesteryear. You know, I, I didn't really get that vibe or I let me rephrase that. I agree with you. I think he was trying to go back to like some of the, the hits that kind of made him successful before. I just think he's getting too old to be doing this type of comedy. Like you see a lot of different uh, comedic actors like kind of advance their humor as it goes on. You know, I start I think I started to see this happening with uh, uh, with Will Ferrell and Step Brothers. So, you know, if you remember, Step Brothers wasn't like a huge box office success. Like it got this life on TNT and DVD releases and this kind of like college life that everything just kind of picked up on. Um, but I, I viewed Step Brothers as like, again, Will Ferrell and John C. Riley, two like 40, 50 year old guys trying to play like kids, like kid roles. It kind of felt like. You know, like I didn't really buy it. And then, and then I bought into it, uh, you know, once Step Brothers kind of came on. And again, this is like a 57-year-old guy trying to play a 30-something-year-old guy. He looks older than Pierce Brosnan. You know, he doesn't look like, you know, it just, it just doesn't look like he fits the part. And I knew that was part of, like, the, the sense of humor. Like, oh, look at this crazy guy. Like, you'll never expect him to be a figure skater or something like that, like in Blades of Glory, right? Like, what, right. what will he do next? And now it's just kind of like, you don't have to do this, man. Yeah. I <laughs> you mean, know, you, I, don't, you I, don't have to make yourself look like a fool for laughs. But he does. That's what he does best. That's how he gets his chuckles. Is he still doing it at best, though? That's what I mean. Well, no, I would say not, but it, it, this was much better than some of the other stuff that we've seen over the past few years from him. There's no question about that. Yes and no. Like, there's some things like I, I liked uh, The House better than this movie. The House? Fair, yeah, that's with Amy Poehler and um, uh, what's his name? Oh, why Jason Manzukis. 
See, um, when a couple I, other people, they turned their house into a um, a casino, like an illegal casino. See, part of the, okay, I uh, that rings a bell now. But part of the problem with that one was when it came out. I mean, first of all, the the world was normal. We weren't in, in this pandemic, so we weren't confined to our homes as much. But I, so I wasn't going to see that movie, and I didn't. This, I'm home. We we're looking for different stuff to talk about. Why not watch this? So maybe I would have liked that too. Um, maybe I would like that more, and it would have affected how mm-hmm. I feel about this movie. But I haven't watched a Will Will Ferrell movie. I think like a new one since Get Hard, probably. And I, I was, like that one too. Oh, so oh, I thought that was great. No, I was so disappointed with that movie. We'll we'll get onto that. Uh, this might be a good time. Do you just want to get into yeah, our, sure. our best and worst uh, Will Ferrell movies here? Yeah, for sure. I mean, so my list always. Always for Will from who starts with Talladega Nights. I know that Anchorman and Step Brothers are the are like the, the creme de la creme for him in old schools right there too. Mm-hmm. Although I don't know if he, he doesn't have as big a role in those in that movie. But Talladega Nights for me is a movie that I've quoted so much with my family through the years. And I wonder if that's another one of those things where it just it gets quoted more now that we're you're saying right. all this it's making me think like maybe that's what happened with Step Brothers too it it gets better as you appreciate the quotes more but will i mean Talladega Nights for me i mean there's um the dinner table is one that i tend to quote quite a oh, bit oh yeah yeah and again that's just you know jam packed to the gills with jokes you know exactly. and again like i'm not sure if that that that's the height of you know will ferrell at at his peak there that this movie didn't have it. Like I thought Eurovision kind of held my attention. Like I was more invested into uh, the story arcs of the individuals more so than like the punchlines and stuff, which is usually the exact opposite of a Will Ferrell movie. That is a fair point. That's, that's a fair point. Now kicking and screaming, I put in here too. semi pro, mm-hmm. which at first I didn't love, but I think it was just cause I was younger and I wasn't quite ready for the raunchiness that yeah. came with the movie. But then once I like got past that, I, I loved it. The, the other jive guy- turkey stuff is great. Jive Turkey stuff was awesome. The other guys was great. Elf was one that I had issues with through the years because he's so awkward in that movie. Oh, my God. But I, mm-hmm. I eventually powered through that one um, <laughs> after watching it. I watched it the first time, but I couldn't watch it again. But now now I appreciate it. But just, dude, when he yells Santa, when when he finds out that he's coming to the, the, the department store, that's just like – that's the kind of shit that ugh, sends a shiver down my spine. So yes, yeah. I, I find that funny. Like, I, I think it's a great movie. I think it's funny. I think it's a nice holiday classic. I don't think it's as great as everyone else. Uh, you know, I think people put that up there as like a top two, top three Will Ferrell movie. I'm not far off with that, but. Would you say it's a Christmas classic? Yeah. Yeah, because I think people consider that like a modern Christmas yeah. classic. I mean, I de- it's, it's in my rotation of movies that I watch around the holiday season for sure. Yeah. That's fair. I also have – I actually – so I had a tough time figuring – because we do binary best worst. We don't have a middle ground, which I, I think is the right way to go about this. I enjoyed this movie as much. I, I'm not I'm, – I'm looking at these other ones. Yeah, maybe Anchorman's you know, going to be higher up in grading and Step Brothers. I, I don't know that I could do that with Talladega Nights as much as I love that movie because I understand how those other two were so important to, to comedy. Um, but – with with Eurovision, I still had a fun time with this. There are different things I like about it. It's not as laugh out loud funny as some of the other ones, but I like how they incorporated some of the music in this. And I think it's outrageous at moments. So I'm actually going to put this in the best. It's towards the bottom where yeah. it's that middle ground. But yeah, I'm putting it on that side of it. Like so it. 
so you hit the nail on the head. It's tough, right, with the, this binary system, best and worst, right? So I, you know, I, I don't think it's neither the best nor the worst here. It's in some sort of that middle ground, probably trending more towards best than worst. I would, you I would imagine. Your, I'm putting it in so, my best. I'm so I'm, I'm not. So my my top five is very similar to yours, just a mix up of it. It's probably similar to very, everyone's. Uh, it's, it's old school Anchorman, Step Brothers, Talladega Knights, and Elf. Right, so I feel like that's a pretty clear-cut consensus, I would imagine, for the general public as mm -hmm. it Will Ferrell's top five movies. Uh, and then there's this like, second tier of movies that, again, some people are favor more than others, but I think you put Kicking and Screaming, that's a bit of like a niche cult movie. Uh, Get Hard, I like that as a newer Will Ferrell movie. I'm a big fan of Kevin Hart anyway, so I think I you know, putting those together, that works well. Semi-Pro, again, another kind of niche movie. Uh, same with the other guys I liked. That took me a while to like that. I didn't like that at first watch. Uh, same with Semi-Pro, just like yourself. Uh, the House I liked. I put Eurovision in the second tier. Uh, Superstar in that second tier. You know, and, and then, you know, we get into some other ones here. But there are some questions that I had for you that, you know, in this list of Will Ferrell movies, I was going through his IMDb. Okay. Um, some movies were like. Yeah, you know, like old school, like I'm going to call that a Will Ferrell movie, even though he's very much a small supporting role in it. He, he's right. just, you know, high batting average, high slugging uh, percentage through that. But right. Uh, Superstar or Zoolander, do you consider those movies Will Ferrell movies? See, I didn't put Superstar down because I, I was like, is that a Will Ferrell movie? I mean, he's got it's tough, right? Yeah, pretty significant character. I don't consider Zoolander one. I mean, that's Owen Wilson and Ben Stiller. You got to draw the line at some point. I mean, I think it's. You, but his role is so iconic again at a certain point. Like Zoolander, I'm more leaning towards like a Will Ferrell movie than Superstar because but, you I mean, got to, and he comes back and plays the role again in Zoolander 2. Like, well, that's sure you can have iconic roles, but it doesn't necessarily make you the main character of, of the movie. I mean, we look at, um, I just had one off the top of my head. Crap. Well, the there, other one I, I was going to mention was Wedding Crashers. Yeah, yeah, wedding crashes. Clearly yeah, not, but again, very memorable moment for him in it. Mm -hmm. But you can have bit roles, and you can really stand out well. But mm -hmm. you're just you're not the main character. It's not as much as someone. Like, okay, when you look at Seinfeld, this is the example. I was looking up. Kramer's role is iconic, but Kramer is the fourth most important character in all. Of it. As much as he might be my favorite. Seinfeld obviously um, is is important, but I probably put him third. And then you have uh, Elaine and um, and then George. Those George, are the two right, most yeah. important characters. But you still say it's you know Jerry Seinfeld show, and you probably say it's him and George. But Kramer's role is iconic. You can't go and so make a Kramer show. This is where again we have a, a oh. different sort of definition uh, on, on this here when we talk about oh. a main character or a side character. But I view Seinfeld. This is now we're going off the road. Seinfeld is the four crew and then everyone else. There's the four main characters and then all the other side characters. Well, that's fair. But yeah. at the end of it, you you when you look at a show, usually it's kind of ironed out to one or two people as the, the leads or the main characters, as we've talked about before. And there's a difference between leads and main, in fairness. These are the main characters, those four. Yeah. But, I mean, who is it that, like, when you think of Seinfeld, who are the first two people you think of? Well, so it, it's uh, Jerry and George. Exactly. Yeah. How can it not be? The only other way you could say is if it was Elaine and George, and, but still Seinfeld is in the freaking title. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. the, the Kramer's role is iconic. He's the fourth most important character of the four main characters, but it doesn't make it a Kramer show. It's the, it's the least of the four. So that's why 
Yeah, I guess so. All right. Yeah. Just just to kind of keep this conversation rolling, uh, you know, we'll, I'll, I'll agree, I guess, quote unquote here with you. You know that. what? We're part of a shared universe now. We're going to have to bring in other people to help resolve this conflict. That's, that's, a, good, that's a good point. We probably won't ever resolve it. But um, one other one that I did have on my good list, by the way, was Night at the Roxbury. That's him in right. Chris Kattan. And I, look, that's obviously a while back. And I haven't watched it in recent years, but I remember enjoying it the first couple times that I saw it. I'm sure – uh, but some other movies that, like, again, that just maybe um, are, like, irrelevant. The producers, uh, you know, uh, that wasn't good. Again, more of a serious role there. Um, you know, you, we already mentioned Blades of Glory on there. I'm trying to think of anything else that I missed. Curious uh, George. Uh, Curious George is in there. I, th- I just think that was bad. You know, Megamind, he was the voice of Megamind for, uh, I don't know if that's a Pixar movie, but it was definitely an animated movie. So, you know, it's it, it's tough. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was yeah, I, either way. Yeah, they, they, but but he, I mean, he's the thing is that he was just on such a heater for a while, and then he just hit a. I mean, he fell off the Kellerman cliff big time. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. This, but, this is the first time I felt like he's actually moved back in the right direction since he fell. But you know, I I would love to see him take a few years off and then come back with a vengeance. You know, like I, I just think maybe a little break will do him well. Then be like, oh my god, this is great. We get Will Ferrell back, and then that kind of like, you know, reinvigorates going through his back catalog or something. You know, he needs to find out what his next step is. What is what is going to be my new role? And is in the thing What's is, deal? yeah, yeah. <laughs> what uh, what are you going to be now going forward? Are you, can you still be a leading man? Because I, I don't know that you can. You might need to be that second that second tier character who plays a prominent role like Pierce Brosnan does in this movie, but is just it's the story's not about you anymore. I don't know if you can do that necessarily. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I think this this puts a good bow on uh, Euro Song Vision Quest uh, and and uh, that that Fire Saga thing. <laughs> Eurovision Song Contest, the story yeah. of Fire Saga. Yeah, that thing. Yeah. yeah I, exactly. I, unless you, there's anything else you wanted to add. I just want to know what's going on in the quarantine corner with you. Uh, well, okay. So for our annual golf update, uh, let's burn it all down. That's kind of what I had written down there. Oh, really? Uh, the wheels fell off. Uh, but before I get to the annual golf update, let, let me backtrack a little bit. So uh, I had a nice little self-care Saturday. The wife, Jules, she went up to Portland, Maine. Uh, to do a socially distanced bachelorette party uh, for the weekend for her cousin, uh, which was very nice. Socially distanced was a joke, but she was actually on like Wharf Street, I think it was called, where uh, there was like photos that went viral of like just a sea of people who were out on like the main strip of bars, you know, no masks on. It's just all kids out there. So they didn't partake in that. They went home after dinner uh, and just oh. drank at their Air- Airbnb. At least one of what I'm told, you know, who knows what type of shenanigans goes on up there. Yeah. But anyway, I was left home home for the weekend, so I had a nice little self-care Saturday. I watered the lawn. I watered the plants. I went for a nice three, four-mile run, did a workout, played basketball for an hour for the first time in a while. I was stroking nice. it from three. I was just wet, like dripping wet from three. That's all I've ever, all I've ever seen from you on the court. So I'm uh, it was, Yeah, it was fantastic. I mean, we got to get back out there and interchangeable, uh, you know, interchangeable players there. That's, yeah, that's I, remember, I, I remember the last time we played together, we ran shit. That was good. Yeah, you ran me off the court because we won so much, actually. I just couldn't keep up to it anymore. <laughs> that's right, you got tired. Yeah. I forgot. 
I took my took my dog to uh, you know a nearby pond, got him some exercise, made uh, made myself some dinner. I also bought some some edible gummies from uh, the recreational shop up the street nice. for uh, for the weekend. Yeah, you'd think that would be nice, but I took too many Saturday night, oh. and and woke up Sunday morning for my twelve thirty tea time, uh, all groggy, and I woke up at like seven or eight and just couldn't shake. I felt like the wacky inflatable tube man. Like I had no control over my limbs. I was all loose limbs and everything. And just like, couldn't shake it out of me the whole day. Uh, so That's I played awful. like fucking awful, like so, so bad. And you know, of course where my father-in-law plays, I played with my father-in-law, very nice course in Massachusetts, Pine Hills. We played the Jack Nicholas course. Oh. And I was just hacking up a storm, like tearing up this fairway, just like, taking off huge divots just had no feel for everything so oh, it was wow. uh, it, it was a complete nightmare hey you know what though you've been going in the right direction for a while you were bound for a bad day so it happens you know yeah you the last three rounds i played have been bad i, I, I got i got to repair no i was but one i won just I, it would be tough to say that i won it because we both played so bad that none none of us won anything you know dude a w's a w who gives yeah shit, i guess so that's all that matters it's like a war of attrition it's a binary system it's all that yeah. matters there we go yeah. pass fail yeah but hey you know what you said that your wife was in portland so if she said she went home she probably did you're fine if she was in newport and she said oh, that oh jeez then you'd be oh concerned. jeez you you then shut that be. mouth <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, in addition to watching Eurovision Song Contest, the story of Fire Song. Did I get there you go. I th looking at it? It's better than me. Oh, wow. I, I didn't even need to look that time. I'm, <laughs> wow, I'm stunned. I finished uh, the fourth season of Lucifer. I cruised through that, I think, in a week and a half. And I know Davey from Hashtag Dork is watching. I have not talked to him about it yet. But I love this show. I told you um, that it's by Jerry Bruckheimer. So there is mm -hmm. some elements that we've seen in some of his other shows before where the, the incorporation of music. Rest the, in peace, the, right? The way think, isn't he Didn't he is die? He? I thought someone just did. I thought someone just died. I don't think it was him. No, it was it was um, the guy who did the Batman movies, and I'm drawing a blank on who it was. Joel Schumacher. That's Joel Schumacher. Yes, yeah, not yeah, Jerry. Okay, yeah. Excuse me. But yeah. I could see I could see that the the er the er at the end. Yeah, yeah. exactly. In the J's too, in the first name. But anyways, um, th there are elements I think from his other shows where I've seen bits and pieces of those that that seemed very familiar to this, and but that's fine. I still like it. I love the Lucifer character. I recommend this show for our listeners. I think you guys will enjoy it. And there's a lot to it. I mean, there's like. 20 episodes a season they're hour long so if you're trying oh, wow. to find something to really commit your time to you can't you're just slumping and can't find anything right now i recommend this because the other thing is season five the first half of it the first eight episodes drop in august i think on the 21st oh. so you guys are going to have some co new content coming out for that and then there'll be the yeah. second half coming out and then we know there's going to be a sixth and final season. Originally, the fifth was going to be the final, but now six is going to be, and I imagine that's coming Ooh. out next year. So I'm very excited for that. I rec And I even recommend it for you, Wes. I don't know that you'll like it, but I think it's worth giving a shot. I like Lucifer, the, his, his character, a lot. Um, I prefer uh, maybe another patron saint. Would you? Well, there who, wasn't, who wasn't cast out of the heavens? You are so judgy. You are awful. Uh, what else? Oh, I watched like The Ring, too. Yeah. Oh, you watched the ring. I watched the ring. Yes, because as as uh, my friend uh, Lucy Bird from from the furloughed friends. Uh, now, did Lucy call you at one o'clock in the morning in a very creepy manner? 
she does not know that I have watched it. I have not told her yet. Now, so, so just to reiterate, you talked about this on Furlough Friends, or at least Lucy did, about her watching the movie and how scared she was and how scared <laughs> she was to go to sleep. And then you said, wouldn't it be creepy if someone called you late at night? Like five times. And then you did said creepy act. Well, I asked her if it would scare her. I didn't say <laughs> creepy to be well to be you know but was, those are my words how, yes, how's that? Are, yes but i said i said it would be scary it would scare you the idea was trying to scare somebody this is scary sometimes creepy yeah but i know her i mean it's not like <laughs> some random girl or guy that i'm calling it's it's not like i gave the number to my brother and said hey call this girl and just you know hang up but i didn't even know what i was supposed 69 to it though that's I could have done that. I could have done that, but I didn't. She knew it was me. It was more just to scare her from the actual ringing of the phone. That's all I was hoping for. I'm just saying, we got to be careful, man. People are getting canceled left and right. You know, I need my co-host here. I can't pronounce Euro song titles like this. Well, I, I, myself, I can't, still can't get it. <laughs> Lucy doesn't care though. She, but I, she, well, she was pissed that she couldn't fall back asleep. Yeah. Yeah. I would be pissed too. But, more importantly, I watched the ring. I watched it during the day, admittedly, because I didn't want to shit my pants at night. Mm-hmm. I wasn't that scared by it. I mean, there were some suspenseful moments. Don't get me wrong. And maybe a couple times I squinted my eyes, so I really couldn't see too much <laughs> what was going on. But it wasn't like afterwards I was like, "Ooh, that was jarring or whatever." Some creepy moments, but the, and it's good. I mean, it's a good story. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not. I didn't have a tough time falling asleep. I wasn't shaking in my boots. None of that. I mean, it's not like I, when I watched 28 days later and 28 weeks later. Right. And I was younger when I saw him, but those things friggin' stuck with me. So this, uh, if I remember correctly, I haven't seen this movie since like high school or like early college, but this was billed as like a horror movie, right? And those, those like 28 days later and so like the uh, other movies like Saw or Hostel or other, you know, big horror movies around that time. Those are like, slasher scary movies right that's this fair. Is more like psychological like i if i remember correctly like the wasn't the conclusion like she was just misunderstood or like she was abused and like her mother like or something like that like it was that at first and then we find out after when her um the father of her son because they weren't married or dating when they when he dies because he had seen it but she lived the, the main female we find out the reason that he died was actually because she made a copy of the tape, and right. that's and, and then she had her son made a cop make a copy of the tape, and then if someone else watches it, if they don't figure it out, then they're screwed, and that's how it works. Yeah, so I I think uh, the character was scary, right? Because you get the the whole look with like the long, dirty, uh, you know, bedgown, nightgown sort of thing. And she's got these really rigid movements and the dirty stringy hair over her face. So you can't really mm-hmm. see anything. So like that is pretty creepy and how she like kind of crawls, right? Everything's real. Like, I don't, I don't like, yeah, no, it's creepy. To, like, she, but yeah, it's just like off putting. She doesn't like move with any fluidity or anything. Yeah, I, I look. I mean, I, if I watched it at night, it might have scared me more. But I've definitely seen things that I watched during the day that are scary, and it's I'm still terrified by it later on. This one didn't do it. It was it was a very interesting story, and I was not bored at all. I mean, I, I my general wheelhouse, I think, is that thriller where maybe you have one kind of scary moment, but in there's excitement throughout because you don't know what's going to happen, and you're waiting for bad shit to happen. Um, and, and this kind of felt like that. That that's more what it was. It, it just didn't. It didn't hit me like I think it hit a lot of people because this is supposed to be like one of the best horror movies of all time, and 
it's a good movie. I really enjoyed it, and I, I recommend it to anybody who likes thrillers. But it feels like a thriller. It doesn't feel like something that I won't be able to fall asleep at night because of. Yeah, yeah, that was a good one. Have you you seen it? Yes, I think I might have even seen the second one too. There was a second one. I believe oh, so. I may need to go try and find that one. I'm surprised you're because you don't like scary movies. No, I know, but in high school, you know, you do things. Ah, this is true. You do yeah. do things. Yeah, <laughs> as one tends to do. Well, here, here's my here's my uh, proposal to you, young Nicholas, Ooh. if you don't mind. Uh, if I can just lend me your ear for a moment. Fire away. Uh, how about we we have a guest on next week? Okay. Sounds and my thought point. was we maybe do uh, – maybe return to the MCU rewatch vault oh. for our next installment. It's been a while since we've done an MCU movie. It has been a while. And we'll be doing quite possibly one of my favorite uh, – MCU movies. What will be next? Is it Iron Man 2? Iron Man 3. Oh, Jesus. Yes. Yeah. We can work. We can. So we want to dip into our shared universe and try and get somebody on? I think we should. All right. Why not? That's what we started this. Yeah. Or joined it, I guess I should say. Yeah, right, exactly. Awesome. So until then, Wes? Well, well, we'll be here. Same bad time, same bad place. Yeah.